You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. If it's God's will for you to be married, and the majority of us, that's God's will, to be married. If you're not married now, to be married someday. That's the majority of us. But that's just a little blip in time. But our bodies are meant eternally to be married to Jesus Christ. And the earthly marriage relationship is to typify, represent, and be a picture of the eternal relationship between Christ and the church. If you've been a part of a congregation for any given period of time, you know sex outside of marriage is wrong. However, one of the unfortunate realities is that many pastors don't exactly teach the why behind this command from God. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on both the practical and symbolic aspects of abstinence outside of marriage. In his study, you'll learn how earthly marriage alludes to the heavenly marriage between Christ and the church, which shouldn't be tarnished by fornication. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Mark chapter 10, as he continues his message, How to Avoid Divorce and More. doesn't put up a sign and say don't walk on the grass because he's just like a rule maker wants to see if people will keep the rules what kind of God is that he's a good God he's a loving God and he wants to bless us and he says here's the parameters and if you'll live within these parameters I can bless you in a marriage I can bless you in a romantic relationship I can bless you but if you live outside of these parameters you're outside of my blessing marriage should be honored by all so why why is it wrong to have sexual relationship outside of holy matrimony? And, and, and let me just add, holy matrimony is between a man and a woman, not between a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And look, we're living in a culture also where the, the great challenge for me in my community now is in South St. Pete where I live, I've always been the minority on my street ever since we moved in. But I've never, and I, I just mean it, I really mean it, it's, just, it's true. I've never thought of Al and Gloria as Al the black and black guy lives next to me. He's just Al. He's black. And his wife is black. And if his wife was white, that is white, that's okay too. He's Al and Gloria. And I love them. And they're good neighbors. And on the left side, I have Butch and Barbara. And they're black. And I love them. And I never go out and think, well, you have black neighbors. We just got neighbors. So what my point is this though. My point is, my point is that's not a challenge for me. That's not a challenge for me. I love them. I love my neighbors. And we're the minority on our street. I love it. Didn't plan it, but I love it. But here's the challenge for me. I don't any there's no racial issues with me. No racial issues. But now we got people moving into the neighborhood. 
And then one of the, one of the, probably the hottest nightclub, uh, gay nightclub in St. Pete is right around the corner from my house. And that place is packed on Saturday night. And now we got people buying houses around us. Two doors down, lesbian couple. Homosexual guys down on this end, homosexual guys, and one, one couple just moved in. And they're walking their dogs in the morning. And I go out and my first thought is, go back in. I'm just being real with you. And then here's what the Lord's saying to me. What if they were a heterosexual couple living together, moving into the community? You'd still know that that's sin, all right? But why do you treat them any different than you do the homosexual couple? They're both sinning. One's a perversion. Yes, it's a perversion. But they're both in need of a Savior. And if I read my Bible right, Corinthians says, and this is what some of you were describing your old life, and one was homosexual. So that's my great challenge. Pray for me. Why? Why is it wrong to be married to a man? Why is it wrong to have a relationship with a man or a woman with a woman? And why is it wrong for heterosexual couples to have a relationship, intimate sexual relationship outside of the bonds of holy matrimony? Why? The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Here's what you got to get in your brain and in your heart. My body, your body was created eternally for God. And in this little blip of time, we get to live on this planet, this little blip of time, if it's God's will for you to be married and the majority of us, that's God's will to be married. If you're not married now, to be married someday. That's the majority of us. But that's just a little blip in time. But our bodies are meant eternally to be married to Jesus Christ. And the earthly marriage relationship is to typify, represent, and be a picture of the eternal relationship between Christ and the church. Our bodies are created for God and eternally to be married to Jesus Christ. We are the bride. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? So when years ago, I knelt in my front yard and I asked Jesus to come into my life and ask God to forgive me of my sins. And Jesus came into my life by the Holy Spirit and I became a new creature in Christ and I was born again. At that moment, not only was I born again, I became one in spirit with Jesus Christ. And if you know Christ, so did you, whether you knew it or not, you became one with Christ. So now, Spiritually speaking, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Now, get this, and this is what I think a lot of people don't understand and why I'm not hurrying. In my marriage relationship with Wendy, if I all of a sudden have affections toward another woman, even in my heart, even in my heart, I've committed adultery in my heart. Or you say, well, what if it's not sexual? What if it's just emotional, like your thing with Tammy? Okay, still, still I violated my relationship with my wife. That's why when we're one with Christ now, our desire should be, and if you really know Christ, it is, to now no longer have our affection on the things of this life and the things of the world. 
That's why James, when he writes, he says, you adulterers and adulteresses. He's talking spiritually. He says, don't you know if you love the world, you're, 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 a, you're an adulterer, spiritually speaking? Don't love the world, neither the things in the world. Have no other gods before me. So when I allow my affections to take my, my commitment and my affections away from Christ, that is spiritual adultery. Paul, Romans chapter 6. Come on, say it together. It'll help you stay awake. You ready? Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin. But rather, offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought, brought from death to life. One more, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Paul goes on, a lot of scripture about this in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 3, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, set apart for God's purposes, that each of you should avoid sexual immorality, that you should learn to control your body in a way that's holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who don't know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we've already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man. You're not rejecting me. I had somebody recently say to me, now you won't have to look down because we're married now. And I'm saying, look, you don't have to deal with me. You've got to deal with God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, and then we're going to move on slowly. Ephesians 5, verse 3, but among you there must not be a hint, even a hint of sexual immorality. Talking to the church or of any kind of impurity, of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Verse 5, for of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, something else is more important to him than God, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. That's somebody telling you, nah, that's a bunch of junk. It's not a bunch of junk. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. For you were once darkness, now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And I love verse 10, and find out what pleases the Lord. What he means by, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. What that means practically, same thing John writes when he says, if you have the seed of God in you, you, you have the Holy Spirit in you, you can't continue to sin. That doesn't mean that a Christian can't sin or doesn't sin. You can commit every sin that you committed before you became a Christian except the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is the rejection of the witness of the Spirit in your life that you need Jesus as Savior. That's the only way you can be saved. But a Christian can commit murder. David did. Moses did. Christian can commit adultery. David did. Christian can lie. Ananias and Sapphira did. They can be greedy. Gehazi, servant of Elisha was. And so you can commit sin. But here's the deal. You can't continue to commit sin and have peace and have fellowship with God. It will dog you. And if you continue long enough you will be taken to the woodshed because our Heavenly Father loves us. And he won't just say, well, go ahead and do what you want. 
No, no, you go into the woodshed. So I, I believe there are many people that sit in churches, perhaps this church every week, and they're regular attenders, but they don't know Jesus. Because if you really knew Jesus, if you really had the seed of God in you, if you really had the Holy Spirit living in you, you can't live in an immoral relationship. You can't just live with somebody. You can't just continue to, to have an intimate relationship physically outside of the holy bonds of matrimony and be at peace. You just can't do it. It will dog you. You say, I got to get this right. I got to get this right. And, and maybe there's some. In a crowd this large, probably some. You need to get some things right. Because if you're single here, the worst thing you could do, not only is continue in that immoral relationship, but then marry that person. And you marry them outside of the will of God. And you talk about, you talk about now being in a prison you don't want to be in. You want God's will for your life. How are you going to find God's will for your life? Find somebody that has a desire to live in purity that really knows Jesus and it really has the Holy Spirit inside, that's the kind of person you want to marry because that's the only kind of relationship God can really bless. Now, thank God. I, I, look, thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for grace. And look, if you messed up and if you're messing up now, come to the cross, come to Jesus and confess it. But more than confess it, repent of it. Confession means nothing unless you're really ready to turn around and make it right. Tears mean nothing unless you're willing to say, okay, I'm going to make it right now. I believe, well, let me say that in just one second. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, God, through the Apostle Paul, is talking about the relationship between wives and husbands, which I thought we'd get into, and we will eventually in a couple of weeks. But, and uh, the singleness thing may have to get pushed off. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But... It's interesting, he talks about husbands and wives, and then he says in verse 32, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Then he says in 2 Corinthians 11 to the Corinthian church, I promised you to one, Christ, and I want to present you to Christ as a pure virgin. Again, you see that representation intended by God for the earthly marriage relationship to reflect and speak of the marriage relationship we have with Jesus Christ. And isn't it interesting? To be very technical, those of us who know Christ, the marriage ceremony really hasn't taken place. Jesus on the last Passover meal took the cup and he said, I won't drink this again until I drink it with you and you in my Father's kingdom. When is that going to take place? I have no doubt. It's called the wedding supper of the Lamb. The wedding supper of the Lamb. When physically now, we're going to be with him. And physically, we're going to be reunited. And right now, being very technical, I'm betrothed. But I'm betrothed to the one that I'm assured I'll never get a Dear John letter from. I'll never get, I'm having second thoughts about you. He shed his blood. He died for me. He paid the price. And I'm his now. And thank God the marriage in heaven is going to be one all-expenses-paid honeymoon. And you'll never get to a point you'll say, well, I'm sorry I made this decision. Because that happens too often in earthly marriages, doesn't it? Say, oh, who did I, why did I do this? Okay, I got to bring it to, bring it in for a landing. 
I believe the only way we're going to see the church gain victory in regard to sexual sin and live pure lives, both before marriage and after marriage. If you think, if you think getting married is going to solve your sexual temptation, you're living in, in delusion. I'm in a happy marriage. I love my wife in every way, and I still have to put up the guard every day. Because as you get older, she's still not hard to look at, but a 20-year-old is easier to look at. Oh, come on. Don't you look at me like that. I'm talking about the deception and the lie of the world. You look, and, and of course, you get into reality, and you're going, look, dude, you're 60 years old, and you ain't got hair, so what in the world are you thinking about anyway? Those days are over. They won't give you the time of day. And I turn back to my wife and say, thank God. I mean, come on, let's live in a, let's be real. Come on. I love my wife. I love her and I don't want to do anything to violate the love relationship we have. That's the way it ought to be with Christ. So let me end with this. Let me end with this. I believe the only way we're going to gain victory, two things. One, if we come to an understanding of why, why, a sexual relationship outside of holy matrimony is sin and is wrong. And I hope, I hope some have had a little bit of a light turned on and hopefully a bright light to go, you know what, I've never really seen it that way. I've never, never really understood why it's wrong outside of holy biblical marriage between a man and a woman. But secondly, I don't believe we're going to gain full victory in the church until we're willing to enter into, and it's going to mean we're going to have to want this and pay the price to get it, honest and open relationships, women with women and men with men, where you're willing to open up your life that you don't allow hidden sin or sin, period, to get a foothold that will become a stronghold in your life. I thank God for the men's conference. Man, if you missed it, you missed it. I'm telling you, it was a great men's conference. Friday night, as Daniel Fusco spoke, fresh anointing. Man, God anointed Daniel and Don and Shane and Shane. Great worship. And the invitation Daniel gave and men physically and openly came and confessed. Many of them saying, I'm struggling or have struggled with pornography. And they came and we laid hands on them. We had a great prayer and worship time. It was powerful. It was powerful. But I just felt, I went home that night and the next morning I got up, had my, my devotions and I, and I opened the Saturday morning saying, thank God for what he did last night and the men that came forward and were able to confess and pray for one another. But I want to leave you there. Because you can be totally sincere and open before the Lord, go back into the real world, and all of a sudden you fall again. Especially with pornography, because it's, it's so easily hidden. And it's so easily there. And these guys struggling with it, like, oh God, I confess and I repent. And, and then they go back into the real world, and it's so easy just to fall right back into it. And so here's what I said. I said, look, here's what we want to do. Thornhill, one of our interns, he's going to be back here with the ministry directories are. And if you want to actually take a step now beyond last night and say, I want to get in a relationship with other men to be accountable and, and to have a relationship and develop a relationship to, for strengthening. I said, would you go? 
and just sign up. Mike will be back there. And I'll read you the basis for that. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12. I'm almost done. Please hang with me just another moment or two. We're almost done. Verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly or easily broken. What that means practically is when Peter, Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. What does that mean practically? Throw the wheat up. Wind blows the chaff away, good grain falls together. He wants to blow us away, get us out of the fellowship of the good grain. And when he gets us alone, we're, we're more open prey. But together, if I got one brother in my life that loves the Lord, he's just as imperfect as I am, but he loves the Lord and we want to serve the Lord and we want to be committed to the Lord, then in my time of weakness, that brother can help me. And if I got two brothers... That three-chord strand, it's hard for the devil to be able to get through that three-chord strand because in my day of weakness, my brothers encourage me, and in their day of weakness, I encourage them. And it's the same with sisters. Sisters, you need at least one other sister in your life that you can develop the kind of relationship with, Christian relationship with, that, that you can encourage one another, pray for one another. And in your times of weakness... You gain victory instead of defeat. And we gave that invitation Saturday morning and over 30 men signed up and eight men went online and signed up. And I met Thursday night with some core leaders because we're restarting the whole men's ministries and I'm so excited about it. I can't wait. I can't wait. And we sat around. One of the things we did Thursday night is those 40 some names or 40 or so names I said, who'll take, who'll take this one? Okay, you got this one. Who'll take this one? And we're personally contacting them. And if they're willing now to follow through and they want to enter into some relationships with other men, that they can strengthen their commitment to Christ and put up the kind of guard for one another where they don't fall back into that old pattern. And if you're here, ladies, we're a big church. But if you want the kind of relationship with another lady or ladies where you can develop relationship and you can hold one another accountable in a good way, not in a condemning way, in a good way, men, if you want to enter into a kind of relationship where you can have other brothers encourage you and lift you up and spur you on to love and good deeds for Christ, if you'll contact us, we'll do our very best to help you. Now, some of you are self-starters in a good way. And you, can, you say, well, I'm just going to look and see what group and, and go and just charge and get involved. Well, do it. Do it. But a lot of people aren't like that. They need help. And if we can help you, email us. Call us. We're human. If you don't get a call back right away, if somehow we dropped the ball, we didn't do it intentionally, don't give up. Say, hey, I called, nobody called me back. I, I emailed, nobody emailed me back. Send us another one. And we'll do everything we can to help you to enter into the kind of relationships where you can grow and not be defeated by the enemy, especially in regard to sexual sin, sexual immorality. 
Thanks for joining us today to study the book of Mark on the Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings throughout the Bible at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to stay up to date with the latest teachings and videos. Feel free to share them with your friends and family. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send that email. In addition to that, we'd love to meet you in person. So if you're in the St. Petersburg area, join us for our weekly services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We're also live streaming our services for those who are at home or live further away. We look forward to worshiping with you. Find out more on our website. Once more, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. There's more to learn in the book of Mark. Pastor Danny will continue looking into this important gospel book right here on The Living Word.